everybody, and welcome back. It's been a while, but uh, welcome back to Triangle Anime and Re Manga Review Podcast. I'm Logan, and uh, I got hit by a truck and transported into a podcast. Hey, Oz this is uh, Ozzy. What's your story? Uh, my story is... <laughs> I just got uh, returned to a checkpoint, so yeah, that's my story. How did I die? Um, I overate, and I um, gluttony was my problem. I mean, if you gotta go... That's, that's, yeah, that's probably the way to go, yeah. I always say that's a that's a solid way to go. Um, but yeah, no, uh, welcome back. Like like Logan said, it has been a little longer than usual. Life has kind of hit, and uh, summer was kind of busy for us in good super, or bad ways. Super hot. Yeah, Not, not, was, not a pun, no. no yeah, no, it, it, everything got super hot between the temperatures in North Carolina and, uh, you know, just our activity, you know, doing stuff visiting people seeing family yeah. um but we're back and we're happy to uh be returning and talking about um you know some fun stuff well i mean I, we were we were excited to be back and then like you wrote the script and you're like hold on let me write a script about isekais and i was like oh my god really are you saying the script is bad or are you saying that uh, i'm just saying that the topic was uh not my prime choice of what uh, everyone loves isekais it's yes the new thing. everyone loves isekais it's so hot right now it's been hot. How long has it been hot? It's been hot for like like eight years now. How long has it been like a big deal? Probably since uh, Sword Art Sword Online. Art, when did that hit? Good good question. But yeah, I think that was that was kind of when uh, it was kind of it was, up, it was back when I was in college, so at least college. 2013, 2014, somewhere in that range. Okay. Cool. So yeah. But yeah, so uh this week we are or this time no, um, wait, sorry. That was when I graduated college. Oh, okay. God, it's been longer. So it's than been that. like nine to ten. Probably like 20, around 2013. 2013. Oh, it was 2013. So, yeah, it was when I graduated. Oh, my God. All right, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so like we said, what we're covering this week is uh, just going over isekais. What, you know, how we look at isekais, what we think isekais are, um, our opinions on some isekais, isekais as a whole, and. Uh, just uh, going over it in general. Um, so it'll be, yeah. it, it's funny because like the first one we, the first time that we talked about a topic was sports animes. And that was probably my least favorite at the time because I just wasn't really big into anime outside of Shonen and a couple of like dramas. And I've learned to appreciate sports animes now. Um, so it, it was good for me to do that topic uh, discussion because it helped me appreciate it. I can say that this did not, happen with uh, Isekai. Well, I mean, we also didn't watch as many Isekai building up to this, although I don't think we had to, because Isekai is everywhere. Well, yeah, I've seen Isekais. I mean, I, in general, I found that as I looked through, um, you know, the topic and researched a little bit, there really is more Isekai than one thinks about as just, like, the video game RPG type of Isekai. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can totally understand that. And, I mean, it's just one of the part of... Uh, the field. And I do think that, uh, you know, despite how much we're kind of talking down about it, I mean, Isekai is not a bad system by any stretch of the imagination. It has its pluses and its minuses, just like any story based. I think the main problem that when people say that they're fed up with Isekai is just there's so much on the market right now. Yeah, and it's definitely like, oversaturated, like you're saying. Like, yeah. uh, and I mean, nothing that happens with anything that blows up 
Because like we were saying in 2013, it got big because of Sword Art. And I think every studio was like, this is what gets the kids going. Yeah. So let's go ahead and make every isekai possible. And um, so, yeah, there were literally anything you can think of. And uh, but yeah. Uh, so I guess, Logan, so, do you want to tell us what an actual isekai is? What damn, is that word? You beat me to the intro. Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, I guess if you're passing the ball to me, I guess I will tell Ball's you. Ball's in your court. I guess I will tell you what an isekai is. So, I mean, essentially all an isekai is, uh, or all the word isekai means, is like transported to another world. But in essence, that could be a ton of different things. I mean, you've got stuff listed on here. Technically, The Wizard of Oz is an isekai. The Matrix is sort of an isekai that's kind of a gray area because that's like yeah well it's kind of that that one kind of reminds me of something like uh inuyasha where they got the ability to kind of go back and forth. forth yeah so i think that's still kind of classifies as an isekai but and then like yeah i mean it, it's it's one of those where technically it is an isekai yeah because you go to a different world where you have different powers Space Jam, Isekai. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, probably Michael the, Jordan got transported into Looney Tunes. Probably World. the greatest Isekai of all time. <laughs> the original, right? Because um, number yeah. two. Yeah, well, I haven't even seen number two. Number two was a huge alley oop that just got thrown out of bounds. So number two was number two. Okay, got it. Uh, Jumanji, uh, you've got Labyrinth on here, which. All I know about Labyrinth is that it stars David Bowie's Correct. Trump. Yeah, no, so, so that movie was awesome as a kid. I grew up. And David Bowie was so bizarre because, like, he freaked me out because that movie was kind of weird growing up. Um, but I don't know if people really know much about it. Um, Labyrinth essentially is sort of an isekai um, because it's about this real human girl who has this new baby brother. She doesn't really like the new baby brother. Um, and this girl is kind of older. She's, like, maybe a teenager, older teenager. Uh, but essentially, like, this weird wizard-like creature guy which is david bowie comes from another world and kidnaps her brother and so, so then, she has to go so save. then she has to go save them in this mythical world that's a labyrinth where she has to find her way to her brother um, yeah. it's really weird and then i mean other stuff i think there's like never ending story was also yeah, technically an easy guy um i mean i don't remember the name of it but there was one where this guy got transported into books uh what was that i read read those stories as kids interesting anyway but yeah so i guess the key point we're making is that like isekai is not strictly a japanese thing by any stretch of the imagination isekai is isekai yeah isekai has been around for a long time and it's used in very versatile ways but i think the key thing that is different with anime is that they have seemed to codify the trend and they have seemed to kind of refine it to the point where we're just seeing thousands and thousands of isekais. And I mean, that's what I'm going to pass the ball back to you in a second and talk about the light novels. But I guess in my thought process, what Japan is doing is more instead of just being like, you got transported to another world and different things are happening. It's like, no, when you go to another world, you get a stat sheet and you get like, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. And it's like. So and that's something. So now it's gotten to this point where if you pick up an isekai, you expect to see, you know, X Y Z. Whether it's like stats and superpowers and all this other stuff, you expect to see it. So and I think that's what Jap Japan has kind of brought to it, or anime in general, has has just been like, 
refining it to the point where it's like we know exactly what we're getting into whenever we pick up an isekai and that's yeah. the key difference in my mind between what we actually categorize as isekai and just any other story where you go to a different world well but, i think that's definitely the popular isekai right yeah um, because that's definitely what blew up and i think that's what people the majority of the audience um gravitates to um which we will talk as like as we kind of categorize different isekais um, but yeah, you made a good point about novels. Um, so I, I learned through some research that a lot of isekai come from light novels. Like the market for light novel isekais is huge. Um, and in doing some research, I found that it's mainly because isekais are written all over the place by so many people and they're just kind of put out there. Um, there's apparently this website I, I did not uh write down the website name so I, i'm sorry about that but um it's essentially just kind of like a place where they can put together all these free isekais that people just write like just all novels um and there's just hundreds and hundreds of different isekais from different random people not even like big name authors just um just anyone and um it goes to show how when you have all this media that's available if it becomes big, then all these animation studios are just like, oh, we have so many different types that we can pick from. We have one location where we can find a bunch of them and just pick anything that are popular. Like, hey, this this one light novel was super popular. Let's make that into an anime. And I feel like that made it easy for it to blow up. Um, yeah, well, and I think also just the kind of the free nature of that where anybody can write a light novel and it's not obviously technology helps a lot with this where you can write just a whole script on your phone and just kind of put it out there and it can be short and simple but it lets you get a full script out there and it's a simple story and also i guess try not to get ahead of our own script here but i mean light novels um part of the attraction of that is anybody can write them right. and part of the reason there are so many isekai is because an isekai story, especially with the beats that we just kind of laid out, um, where a character dies, goes to another world, gets some superpower, um, you know, it's it's very easy for just a layman to pick up and write a story about that. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can, you know what, you know how it's written. You know, this, this these are the basic things you have to hit, like you said, the basic beats, and you can just make anything you want after that. Um, and I think that's kind of cool that there's that kind of back i guess a ability for people to just put it out there i think that makes allows people to be creative and allows kind of like a free market but at the same time it's a double-edged sword because then that just means that there's a lot of shit out there too that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be good it's just like oh it's an isekai people are gonna like it no, no matter what um like all you have to do is put in elements of rpg or put in elements of a harem or put in elements of uh, something like a, a fantasy world and people are going to read it no matter how good or bad it is Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's also it lets you kind of write, for lack of a better term, it lets you, let you write light fan fiction where you're kind of like, well, I like this game world that somebody created, but I don't like the story. So I'm just going to use the world and I'm going to rewrite all yeah, the characters yeah, and stuff. So, I mean, it does. And, you know, as long as you change the names, nobody cares about yeah. the, yeah, the exact what's As long as they sound a little different, it doesn't have to be Mario. It could be Wario. I mean, fuck, it could be... Yeah, well, I mean, if you count the number of stuff that's just D&D, &D, it's fucking insane. Right. Like, 
I know, but and you know more about it than I do because like I I I do not touch isekai at all. I just it, I'm turned off by it. Um, but I, I there are some that I do like just based off giving them a shot. Um, but yeah, I mean I know that you are okay with isekais in general and have read more and have watched more than I have. And every now and then you know you give me good recommendations and I will say that as we've started this podcast, watched new stuff. I have appreciated more isekais, but I still am not a fan. Well, the trick for me with isekais, like, I don't like writing off a story like that just because it's an isekai. I have to get into it. The problem is when you get into a story like that, you usually have to get 10 or so chapters in before you realize, okay, this is either going to be some nuanced new thing that could actually be interesting, or no, it's the same old garbage you've read like 50,000 times. And it's like, so the problem isn't, is there new stuff out there? Because there's plenty of good stuff out there. The problem is like the time you have to take out of your day to actually sort through all of the ones that are total garbage to get to the ones that are good. And that's where the frustration comes in. But, you know, yeah, that's I deal with that with college football, too. And I know you hate that. So, I mean, I get it. I get it, man. I got experience. I'm um, sorry. I mean, I think I'm allowed to not like everything that you like. And I think that adds diversity to our uh, to the way we look at things. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that makes you a bad person, but I don't know how to finish that sentence. So anyway, um, uh, thank you. Thank you. So I guess why don't we get into the different types of isekai? Yeah, no, I, I broke down um, just two major types of isekais when I was looking at different, you know, animes and different uh, mangas, and just kind of realized that oh, these are the two major ones. Um, and then there's another two subcategories, I would say, that are major um, nowadays uh, that really helped it kind of boom. Um, but the first one uh, I noted was the survival type of Isekai. This is more of your general type. This is just like some person or a group of people were transported. And not like, a, oh, I was dead or I, I died or I was killed or something like that. It was just like we were transported to a different world and here we are. We're trying to make it. We're trying to get back. We're trying to survive, essentially. Well, and yeah, survival can mean different things, obviously, because sometimes survival, like you've got a few different examples on this list, like Digimon, sometimes survival means you actually have to find a way to like eat and live and yeah, it's figure a out like survivor like, and then type and, thing, right? Yeah. Now and then here and there, which is just like the most fucking brutal thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even want to touch on that one. Uh, but then sometimes you've got like one's... Uh, where it's like Inuyasha, where it's just like, you don't really have to figure out the actual survival aspect. It's more like, I'm in this world now, what do I have to do to kind of get by? It's not like you're literally living off the land. It's more like, how do I acclimate to this place because I'm kind of stuck here here, right? Or like the fact that because it's an anime, usually when the main character gets transported, they somehow are in, like, they're given some kind of mission. So in like the case of Inuyasha, they had to deal with the fact that um, what's her name? Um, Kagome. Kagome broke that uh, the. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah it's Kagome. Kagome broke the, uh, the spirit, the, the, oh. this, like spirit orb thing. Spiritual. Yeah, and she had to go like track down and stuff. So that was the mission she was given. She could have gone home, but she found it upon herself to in you know to do this mission. And that was her survival. And you're right. Yeah. She didn't have to survive off the land, but she essentially had to figure out how to finish this mission so she could go back home, you know, with peace, right? 
So yeah, yeah Inuyasha was another one. Um, and even well, movie-wise, we have Spirit Away, which is probably, uh, everyone knows that movie. And that is your basic Isekai too. She was randomly moved to another world, her parents included. You know, unfortunately her parents turned to pigs, but yeah. she had to find a way to get back home and fix her parents. Well, and I think the best example this season was Sunny Boy, which again is not your normal isekai, but it's about a bunch of students in a school get transferred to a different world. Right. The world's got different rules and they got to figure out like, okay, how do we make things work here without killing each other, <laughs> essentially. In this new world, yeah, and so, that one, that one, like you said, was definitely a survival one because that one they literally got onto a island and they because of the way the world worked and this is spoilers, obviously a little bit for Sunny Boy. Yeah, we already uh, talked about it. Whatever, that's true. Um, the the kids didn't have to worry about resources. They found ways to make it work, and that's that's good story writing. They made yeah. it to where they didn't. They weren't focusing on they the survival aspect. They were focusing on more of the people interaction. I just love, still to this day, I love that they literally discovered capitalism. Like, and that's what <laughs> yeah. saved the day. Capitalism. Well, that's what happens when you get a bunch of people that try to make rules and it slowly turns into being able to buy things. But yeah, so Sunny Boy is a good example of that uh, as well. Um, but yeah, the next one, um, uh, Logan, you want to cover that one? The, what I call Resurrected Isekai? So Resurrected Isekai is interesting because I think that some of it can also fall under Survival Isekai, but... When we talk about resurrected isekai, this is where we're kind of getting into the tropey stuff. It's like, this person died prematurely in some form or fashion, usually getting hit by a truck, as you have Trucks noted, on. as you've got noted on. Via a truck. Um, but yeah, somebody dies before their time, and essentially they it gets sent to another world, and the god of that world, or the powers that be, what have you gives this person powers that they wouldn't have had before because essentially they died in a earlier unusual fashion so yeah and usually i will say that like with the resurrected isekai i feel like they they're not just resurrected as humans again it's not just like oh i'm a human like a lot of times some of them get resurrected as different things like one of them gets resurrected as a spider some of them get resurrected as slimes uh but you do have your ones where you get resurrected as a magician that knows all this magic and Usually, it's funny because the there are some that I've watched where the the person that dies is kind of a normal person, but yeah. usually it's some weird kind of like neat like person who's just kind of like I'm big into gaming, I'm like yeah. shut in, I don't really do anything, and then now I've died, but now I get to be cool, um, which I think is part of the attraction of Isekai as well. Well, and I think these ones tend to do a good job of drawing, towing the line between dramas and comedies. Survival isekais tend to be more purely drama with like a little bit of comedy kind of thrown in. Yeah, because like we're really just picking up the person and putting them in a different setting. Yeah. When it comes to re the with, with Resurrection, well, and it's also I think the gift of the powers kind of makes everything be like, you know, things might suck now, but they're going to figure it out. Right, so, it's like you grow So there's not as nearly as much tension as say... Like when Inuyasha, when Kagome gets sent to another world, we're like, whoa, what's happening here? At least at first we were, but that was like years ago. But anyway, sorry, yeah. cutting off. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. And, and you're right. Like the resurrected one, I think when I, when, I, when I go back and think about all these, the ones that I know about, I think it, it essentially allows the viewer to start over with the anime. Because like the transported one, it's like it's still the same person. They just get transported. 
But when you get resurrected, it's like this is a brand new being, this is a brand new character, and you get to learn with them as they learn this new setting. Well, I think the other thing I like about this, and this, it allows for new kind of tropes and styles to be explored. I think uh, it is one of my new favorite Isekai story types is they've got this one where I think the character essentially gets reincarnated as a villain of the game they play and they just really don't want to die as the villain. So it's like, and somehow that's become really popular. So it does allow for these kind of weird interchanges where it's like, you know, technically I'm in this new world and I know what's going to happen. It's just not a fun experience. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it, it allows for more fun playfulness and allows for them to also kind of expound upon how they interact with people. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, some examples of the of a kind of a resurrected one. And again, like I know some of these will blur between the lines, but these are the major ones I can think of, uh, the ones that I've watched. And some that I'm watching now are obviously uh, reincarnated as a slime because that, that's going on season two. Um, Shuko Tensei. That's coming back in October, so that's a big one. I know a lot of people really hype that up as one of like the archetypes of uh, Isekai. Yeah. And that one is definitely a resurrected one with a little bit of elements of uh, the game world RPG kind of thing. Yep. Um, there's the, I guess, I don't know the title, but the one where the person... So I was reincarnated was as a spider, so what? She was legit reincarnated. Yeah, she, was, she, she was reincarnated as a spider, so okay. what? Was she that's... hit by a truck? No. Well... Her classroom blew up. Oh, that's even cooler. Yeah, no. Okay. And then uh, a major one that people all love, from what I understand, is uh, Konosuba. Um, yeah, Konosuba is great just because it starts, it throws everything out the window so early. Uh, do you know the premise of Konosuba? Um, I just know that it's like a party of people, like on a, on a so journey, right? Basically, the guy gets sent to another world, you know, standard affair, but he gets there and the goddess is like, I'm going to grant you one power and I need you to go help save the world and all that generic crap that you usually hear. Yeah. And he's like, so let me take one thing with me. He's like, I want to take you with me because if the person granting me the powers comes with me, obviously you're the strongest thing I can take with me. And it turns out the goddess is totally useless. <laughs> so, nice. So yeah, it's... Uh, no, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely really like lighthearted, a little bit comedic. Uh, type right it's definitely got some very yeah video gamey kind of aspects but it's very comedic it's uh, right. it's a good story cool. and uh, then uh one that i know that you like i think is uh the the villainous one where she yeah. was reborn as a villain which i thought was interesting because i looked it up and like the she doesn't necessarily she is reborn but she starts out not knowing that she's reborn right and then she yes. she learns that she's actually a reborn person in her body she doesn't realize it, like, essentially the actual character she's embodying uh, falls and hits her head, and that's when she realizes, oh, I'm, I actually have these past memories of this old life I used to live. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting take, because I know that, like, I feel like every Isekai I watch, the beginning's all the same. Like, here I am in the human world, I die. Yeah. Or here I am in the human world, I get transported. Like, the fact that they started already in the the transported world yeah. and like oh these are all the characters it turns out this is actually an isekai it's kind of it's kind of a cool way to start yeah and i think a lot of them a lot of these new ones where it's like the princess villainous stories have started getting like that where like they don't seem to get get their memories back until something traumatic happens right. but it does add to the drama of that in fact i think one of my recommendations for next week is going to deal that but anyway nice 
Anyway, um, yeah, I think Resurrected is Isekai tends to be the low-key favorite. I mean, I th- I think if you look back at the survival Isekai, even though I think there's more uh, memorable, certainly, I think you kind of fall in and out with those, whereas most of the Resurrected Isekai, there tends to be one or two good ones, quote-unquote good ones, every season, it seems yeah. like. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of hard not to have a good one when you put out, like, ten of them. It's like, something's got to stick. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I actually find myself, like, liking the survival aspect more because I think that that one, like, doesn't have as much gimmicky setting things to it tropes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's more just like, hey, we're in a different setting. You have to deal with what you're doing. And it's more like, it's like a shonen or a, or a drama disguised as an isekai half the time. Right. And, I, I, yeah, I think... I think it just depends on tastes, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm I just saying, think, like, that's, those are the ones that I've learned to appreciate and enjoy. I just think historically, like, survival isekai, it hits harder in the moment, but then you kind of forget about it over time. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Like, Inuyasha and Digimon, you cannot be understated what those had on the early on transition of anime, but, like, laying back on them, like, nobody really thinks about those anymore. Right, yeah. and they don't even think about them as isekais. They just think of, like, oh, that's just Digimon. Like, they were in the digital world. Or Inuyasha, they were just in that world. It was a show. Yeah, and I'm like, well, when you think about it, they actually weren't. Yeah, um, and then nobody even wants to think about it now and then here or there, because that was... <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah. So those are the two major ones that I that I think, uh, when I when I think of isekai, but uh, I actually found another two subgenres that I know that are huge, um, and the first one being one of the major drivers of isekai, and that's uh, usually a subgenre of like oh, resurrected. Before we get really oh. quick into that, I want to talk about the resurrected real quick. Yeah. Did you know that there is a manga about the truck that sends people to another? So world? I thought I heard, I thought <laughs> I saw a meme or something like that about it, and someone was like, "You know, there's actually an isekai about the truck now, right?" It's not or a, sto- or a story. About it's a story. It's a story about the truck driver who has to like kill people. Who has to cons- consistently to be the one to kill people. kill people to send them to another. What world. a poor man! That's sad. It is. He's pretty morally torn about the whole thing. But anyway, yeah. So I just wanted to get I that out there. there. I love that manga. That's so funny. Um, but yeah. So you were saying about the. I believe you were going to get into the variation of the resurrected. Yeah. Isekai. So this is sometimes usually a subgenre of the resurrected one, and probably the biggest one. Um, that definitely shaped uh, Isekai where we're at now and definitely made it a bigger thing was the RPG game world-like Isekais. So that's anything like, obviously, the main one, Sword Art, Sword Art Online. Everyone knows that one. Everyone knows that that's based off them being in a video game. And that's kind of what this whole genre is about. It's someone being either resurrected or moved into this new world, and it's like a video game, essentially. This person, like you said, has a stat sheet, it has to, you know, you have all these abilities you're trying to learn, you're trying to master, and you're trying to either beat the villain at the end, or you have some other mission. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think it also lends to interesting ideas. I mean, we're talking about uh, No Game, No Life before we got on the podcast, and that's a that's a great idea that is very poorly executed. Yeah, no, the concept was really cool because I didn't know about it before this, and I watched a couple episodes to start and, I mean, it is your basic game-like game, is, game like isekai, 
But it's not just you're in a game. The world is about games itself, like, right? You, you cannot... People by the god of the world are not allowed to fight or incite violence with each yeah. other. So any troubles you have with another person, you have to be has to resolve through games. Yeah, you do things through games. You you can pay and games and stuff like that. And, and there's all kinds of like rules associated with it. But for the sake of this podcast, let's just say that the rules are essentially, you know, you get to pick the, you know, whoever's challenging, whoever's getting challenged picks the game, and then like nobody's supposed to cheat. Yeah, which pretty much. Nobody's supposed to be caught, caught cheating, right? You, yeah, you find that there's nuances to the rules, and then you can break the rules or bend the rules, and, and that's cool. Um, watching it, I really enjoyed the concept. I just wasn't a fan of the of the characters and the way the characters were written myself. So, um, but I thought the idea that you can take the whole game like world and make it even more deep by saying everything is a game, not just you're in a game and you have to fight like you would in a game, but you have to game within the game. Oh, and also just the moral implications of that, like, you know, you cannot kill anybody at all. Like, so even though there's all these races out there that can use all this powerful magic, like, doesn't matter because they can't, they, you got to beat them in a, that's true. Just a regular game. So it, it's cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's a one that's really good. Overlord, though, is another interesting idea kind of from the inverse perspective. Right. And I thought that was cool. And that's why I put it on here because just like No Game, No Life, it, it took the idea of a game world and kind of flipped it on its head by saying instead of being the hero, you're now the villain, right? Well, and also I think we already talked about that in other resurrected isekais where, you know, villains exist and they're kind of dealing with the situations they find themselves in. With this one, it's fascinating to me because the main character has to literally fill the role of the villain. Because a lot of villains, when they get into the isekai world, they're just like, okay, how can I just make everybody happy? And how can I find the most peaceful situation at the same time? Right, and they want to not, go against not, their villain. Not die. Yeah, and true. then, like, this guy's literally just like, no, I am the villain. That is what is expected of me. He embraces me, it, right? Yeah. He, he kind of does. He, he, I guess part of that is also, like, the body he inhabits. But I think he kind of realizes decently early on, as much as he doesn't want to kill and torture people, he's like... No, I mean, I don't know these people, and this is the role I'm in, so I kind of got to do it. Yeah, it's like it Ralph. I'm not here, and I don't want to yeah. be a bad guy. I want to be the bad guy. So, yeah. I well, I, he takes the very, like, it's not personal. It's just business. I want to, you know, figure out how yeah. things work. Like you said, the role. Despite, despite the meme, yeah. Nothing personnel, kid. Yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, he's he's just like, I don't know these people. I don't have any interaction with them. My goal is just simply to, like, make sure the people that I'm familiar with, who oddly enough are also AIs, are still taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, so yeah, even though he's like essentially wiping out a bunch of humans, it's like, yeah, you know, it's what they do. Um, but, so it's an interesting premise. I don't know. I like Overlord. No, I, I, I liked it, and I, I watched it, and I did like the premise. I kind of fell off because I think it was a busy time in my life, but um, yeah, it's a cool premise. But in general, I think that that's one of the bigger subgenres, this game-like world, RPG. And we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go into the history of how Isekai blew up because it definitely drove, um, it definitely made Isekai big. Yeah. Um, and then another one that I, another subgenre that I thought of, the ones that I've seen more of recently myself and have enjoyed are more like your comedy Isekai that are, that are like just outrageous situations. 
So a couple that come to mind is one that I recently found called Devil is a Part-Timer. Like, we know this isn't a shonen. This is about the devil literally having to work because yeah. he's in the human world. See, I think I prefer thinking... So you've got a lot on these lists. You've got also got In Another World as a Smartphone. You've got Reborn as a Vending Machine. You've got you've got a lot of these, but I think the way I would rather categorize it, because even though I know that comedy isekai is a thing, I, I think that that could also be applied to really fit into any of the other prior categories. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would rather think of this as like inverted or reversed kind of isekai. Yeah, it's that's like, true. It kind of twists the idea of an isekai on its head. Like, devil is a part-timer. Well... Instead of us going to the demon world, we take Devil the demon and bring him to yeah, our I, will, I will say that a lot of reverse yeah. isekais tend to have more comedic situations because said person that's being transported now has to kind of hide in this new world right. instead of like becoming the main character. Well, and there's also ones like, uh, you know, in another world with our smartphone or gate or like anything like that where it's like, you go to another world, but you have modern technology. And like that totally, it's like not even that you have a special power. It's just that you're smarter and you have technology and that changes everything around all of a sudden. Like Gate, I thought was kind of fascinating if you've ever heard of it. It's very, it's very pro, it's very pro Japan's military defense force. But the, the key point is, it's like a gate opens up in downtown Tokyo and they send a bunch of military tanks and stuff. And they end up fighting like the Roman Empire on that side of the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's kind yeah. of interesting. But anyway, I think um, I like I like these or even ones where it's like reborn as you know something dumb, something absolutely stupid, like yeah. the vending machine one. Like what the hell? Like, and that's I mean, some of them I found to be funny, but some of them like I just I just don't see how people can watch that. Like I don't yeah. I don't know. I just like well, how can you like. I was actually blown away by how good the slime thing turned out because I thought that was another, like, this is just a dude who's a slime and he lives. Yeah, I know. It's um, funny, right? We but know that works I out. will say, I think the other one that was a slime. No, no that, that was, uh, I I killed only slime for 300 years. Right, yeah. But the one where he actually becomes a slime, um, that one, because he gained a human form and started interacting with people and started building a civilization, turned out to be a very good anime. Surprisingly, yeah. for me, at least. I know a lot of people love it, but for me, it was surprisingly good. Well, I mean, from where it starts to where it ends, yeah, like, you don't really see that coming. No, uh, definitely. Yeah. So, and that's that's definitely me just being hard-headed and just not wanting to watch them because there is the guys, and I know that's not a good way to come into something new, but that's just me. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think there's other ones. I think one that came out recently that's a Korean one is, like, uh, the title's a little misleading because it's like, I am not the evil Lord's servant, which makes it sound like he knows what's going on. But it's basically like this bookkeep gets transported to another world, but he doesn't know what's going on. He's just transported and he's running a bookshop over there and he's completely cool with this. But like apparently the books he's handing out look like a different thing to him than what he they look like to the people he's handing it out to. Oh, okay. So like this evil entity is using him to hand out like these books to these powerful people and do these different things, oh, yeah. which is interesting. You don't know. So you don't really know what to make of that, but you know, it becomes a comedy and it becomes inverted. Cause it's not like this guy doesn't really have any agent. Yeah. He's just there to be, he's living like a slice of life kind of situation. Yeah. He's basically. got a job and he doesn't really realize that he's, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't situation. feel that he's done anything special right. other than go to a different world and own a bookshop. You know, so yeah, it's weird. 
But yeah, I think those are kind of the ones that I think of would be the next ones, which is more twisty, isekais. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I, I do get where you're coming from. I think comedy isekais are kind of like a verge, are kind of on the edge of most of our minds because I think it kind of cuts the thing down the middle, whether we go drama or where we go comedy. Right. Nowadays. And like, you're right. Like, it splits and sometimes it goes into the drama world where it becomes kind of a different beast altogether because it can kind of lose its isekai um, origins and just become a drama like in the shape of an isekai um, but that's just that's just the weakness in I think isekai writing that you find um, which will which we can actually transition into talk about um, isekais as a whole um, and how we got to where we're at I know we you know mentioned it a little bit earlier um, that is the guys have been around for a long time you know we mentioned wizard of oz um, alice in wonderland um all these things so the concept is not new but i really do think in anime uh, there's one common theme heavy drug use all right okay heavy drug use alice in wonderland well i mean alice in wonderland was for yeah, sure hell yeah i'm man. trying to think which anime has heavy oh, i mean the I mean, the manga we read, there's there's some ladies who have heavy drugs. Heavy drugs. But anyway. But so. yeah, so um, I think in anime, um, I think it hit big. And like we said, it really did just blow up because of sword art online. Um, and I remember when it became a thing. Like, it was just like the, the, the new hotness. As soon as it came out, people were like, this is the shit. Have you seen this? And I actually have not seen more than an episode or two. And I know, I understand the concept, I just never liked it. So can you fill me in on what Sword Art Online is? So Sword Art Online is essentially the story of the uh, a gamer named Kirito, who's a beta tester for a certain type of game. And the game is one of those where it's like a virtual headset that you put on your head. Um, so the, finally the full release is coming, so he puts the headset on his head. A uh, bunch of stuff happens, but essentially the guy who created the game is like, oh, by the way, um, I put a nuclear reactor in that, so if somebody tries to take it off, it'll melt your brain, and y'all have to clear the game before you can take it off. Okay, bye! You guys are locked in, baby. Yeah, so like all the people who initially started playing the game are now trapped in the game until they can beat the game. And then are they trapped? Like, I, I, I've watched more than one or two episodes, I was joking. Uh, but... Um, it, Refresh my memory. Can they die? If they die in the game, do they die in real life? Yeah, they die for real. Okay. Die in the game, you die for real, babe. I just remember, like, that was a big, like, I remember them, like, putting on their sets and, like, getting into the game, and they're like, wait, I can't get out. Like, there's no exit. I remember him trying to find it in the settings because, yeah. like, this is a unique one, somewhat, where it's like you get put into the game world type of Isekai, but you're not reborn. This is like you're transported there, but kind of on. Well, by yourself, since it's like a video game to begin yeah. with. It's a real video game that turns into an Isekai video game. Well, and that's also why it, it deals with like a lot, of, as the story goes on, a lot of characters just become shopkeeps and stuff because they're like, you know, I don't really want to risk my life fighting, but I'll do what I can to help. I just don't want to risk my life. That's true. So yeah, it's kind of, it is interesting to kind of see all that stuff pop up. Um, yeah. But I guess getting back to your core question, I think... I could go on on this for a while, so cut me off if I start rambling. No, this is I think I think part of the draw for this is that we are finally in a generation where pretty much all young adults, I mean, pretty much anyone under, maybe even under 30, has some familiarity with, like, an RPG or a gaming mm -hmm. or a system or something. 
So when you put this out there, that's like it's a game system, and if you die in the game, you die for real. And here's all these stats and stuff. Like you don't need to give like a super detailed thing about how it all works, but as long as you lay out those kind of aspects, everybody's like, "Oh, I can relate to that. I understand what that is." Um, and I think that's kind of the attraction to it is it is an idea that hits well, especially in Japan where RPGs are super popular. I mean, that hits well with a fan base. And, you know, if you release this in the 90s, I think people would be like, what the fuck even is this? Because I think I'm not, yeah, big, I mean, I'm not big on video game history, but what? There was like RuneScape? I don't know. I mean, there were games, but not to the extent of what you're talking about where everyone had their hands on some kind of game. Maybe like Diablo? And, and, and it definitely like the popularity of gaming. Like, well, and just the idea that you could be trapped in a game. You would have a game that you put on your head in VR. Like, well, that's that the thing, like, so far ahead of its time. And it, what, it, it, well, kind of. Like, I think that idea is something that is obviously now somewhat true like you can be in a game in vr but the game that wasn't such a far-fetched idea so i think it hit home for so many people like games are getting so realistic oh I was talking about, yeah i'm saying in the 90s oh in the 90s yeah it would be like yeah. no that's not real but now like in 2013 when it happened i feel like it attracted people because like that could be us one day and that's such a cool concept for us to be in a game to that extent and i mean from that standpoint i think that it hits a lot of the similar beats that any I mean, same with, like, the apocalypse genre in Western media where we had that period where everybody was super high on zombie movies and media where it's kind of like, say you get stuck in this situation, like, what do you do? Like, you know, do you just freak out? Do you have a breakdown? Do you become a hero? Because it does give you a lot of opportunities. You're essentially got a whole new lease on life at the risk of a much more dangerous prospect. So... I mean, in a lot of ways, there's a whole lot of drama. There's a lot of relatability. And it's something that everybody can kind of understand and kind of look at it as a new restart to life. So from that sense of point, sense of thing, it gives you a good escapism point to kind of get into. And it's also highly relatable. Um, if, yeah, we're, I think, if we're just knocking it down with super simplistic Yeah, terms. no, I think that that's really what Isekai kind of brings to the table. Like what you mentioned is escapism. It allows you to to want to go to a different world. I know some, a, lot of, a lot of the stories is people are going unwillingly, but as the audience, I think we would like to see ourselves in these situations where, you know, we would like to see ourselves as a hero in a world where, because like maybe a lot of us are like neats, you know, maybe a lot of us don't really do exciting things and just kind of hang out, watch TV, are kind of shut-ins and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you see it happen in anime, you're like, I can be that. Like, it's harder for me to say I can be like, naruto because naruto just starts out in the ninja world i don't live in a ninja world but a lot of these rpg gaming like isekai start out in the real world and then all of a sudden you're in an rpg game well just talking to like the main audience for these things i guess like let's be honest so like teenagers to mid-20s people going to school sucks <laughs> dealing with a lot of these people that you see at school and the teachers and everybody really sucks and not everybody has the same prospects coming out of that as other people. So being so I can imagine the people who play a lot of these video games are like, yeah, please let me be sucked into a video game. Yeah. And I would rather do anything than have to go back and to I, I can understand because like yeah. I myself, I love video games. I'm, I wouldn't call myself a gamer, but I love playing video games every now and then. There's certain gaming, you know, uh, what's it called? Like series 
that I enjoy playing and I will always be a fan of. So I can understand the idea of wanting to escape into a video game, especially because with video games, you're actually physically and mentally involved. Like you're yeah. controlling the character. Um, it's a little bit different with anime. Just watching it, it's not, it doesn't hit the same for me. Um, but I understand when there's people who are gamers and see this and they gravitate towards that, I can completely see why they, uh, they like this. Well, and I think there's also... <laughs> I hate to be this guy, I am not the most physically fit guy, but, uh, like, yeah, same for a gamer, um, to tell them, like, you get to start over and you get to have your video game body and you don't have to worry about, you know, working out or anything. It's like, yeah, that's pretty fucking sweet. Like, yeah, because working out sucks. If I can go into a video game world and just activate my powers or whatever, that's pretty fucking sweet. Now... You know how realistic that is. I I don't know, but it's a it's a dream story anyway. Yeah, so I, I I mean I get it. I, I can see where I can certainly see where the attraction lies in a lot in a lot of different layers for these kind of stories. And then as we kind of already touched on, I mean, from once Sao just got popular, I think everybody else jumped on it because yeah. it's not a very complicated story to write. Go to New World. You get like some certain powers, but like something bad's gonna happen if you don't do X, Y, and Z, and then Q story. It's like it doesn't take a genius to figure that shit out. Throw in some big titty anime girls. Ooh, you got it. You got a story. That's definitely like you add a little bit, like add a little bit of a harem aspect, and people yeah. are going to absolutely eat that shit up. But uh, yeah, no, they definitely they definitely helped it boom. And after that, like you said, it just kind of careened. And everyone was putting it out every season. There was like one or two at least new, um, new series of uh, isekais, and you know from there it's become now. I see one. I see at least like three every season. I swear it's like every, anything you can think of. Yeah, I'm like, wow. There's so much of a backlog as far as manga goes on isekai. There's just such a huge backlog. I mean, you're gonna be seeing isekai for a long time. Yeah, and frankly, I don't really have a problem with that as long as the isekai they pick are good. The problem is the way the studios are currently running, you're seeing them pick like a couple of generic isekai like once or twice a year too just because it's like, well, we got to put something out. That's true. So, you got to put it out just because you know that people are going to yeah. eat it up. But then, I mean, you just said hopefully they're good. But like what what does make it good for you? I mean, what what when you think of your favorite isekai or something that really does hit for you for an isekai what do you like about it i mean i think for me what makes a good isekai is no different than what makes a good anime in general i mean if you want to get into the basic stuff i mean we can talk about world building we can talk about character development but at the end of the day a lot of that stuff is the same stuff that would make a good anime in general i mean i'm, I'm having a hard time kind of like thinking of how to answer that question because just because it's like um you know i i feel like a lot of this gets overblown when people are asked something like that they're like oh man well what is it kind of so different what makes it different it's like it's really not um first off you gotta have a character who has more depth than just i was sent here to be a hero so now i'm a hero like, I think a lot of the most popular isekais at the moment, um, and I mean, for you, Slime's a good example, are like characters that get sent to another world for whatever reason, and maybe they were supposed to do something, but then they're like, nah, fuck that, I'm just gonna go build my own city, or build my own civilization, civilization or build my own 
uh, training company, you know, with the Moonled Journey one. So, like, basically, if you, for me, it's like if your character immediately off the bat is like, is told you're going to be the hero, and then he's like, well, I guess I'm going to be the hero. Then, like, no, that's dumb. Or if a princess stumbles onto your character and is like, I need an escort. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to escort you for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's probably not a great character. Well, yeah, I will say that I think because people rely on the fact that it's an Iskai and a lot of times they rely on the setting, which everyone likes, which is usually some kind of RPG-like setting. I feel like the characters can kind of be left behind. It's like they're not going to really care about the characters that much. And especially because... A lot of the one of the major tropes when I when I think of Isekais is when this main character, usually if it's like a single singular main character, if they get transported into this new world, they usually try to make him pretty overpowered. Yeah. Um, even when he's like learning, they still make it to where yeah he's challenged, but it's there's it's not really there's no, it's, there's no there's no secret that he's gonna make it through. Like, well, I guess let's think about this again. Let's not compare Isekai to other Isekai. Let's take this and think about it from like a regular anime standpoint. So let's go back to One Punch Man. So you got a character that's got ridiculously overpowered abilities that True. nobody else can stand up to. So clearly the story isn't going to be interesting if we're just like, let's set him off on a straight and narrow and have a bunch, right. and, if they did and have a bunch of girls like hit on him and do all this other stuff and have him beat the big villain guy. So what's more interesting is being like, I need to find a purpose that suits me as a character. And so I think that's really kind of more what I gravitate to. Or like, say, if we're going into the villainous ones, like what makes a character, what makes the guy an overlord? Uh, Einsama. What makes him kind of decide that he's, oh, make the shift from being like, I'm a human and I shouldn't kill humans to being like, no, I, I need to... These people have taken care of me in the game world. I need to take care of them and screw everybody else. Or in some of my series with the villainous thing, what makes you change your mind from being like, well, I need to regain the throne or kind of overpower to just being like, I need to figure out how to not, how not to get killed. Yeah. Thanks Siri. Um, anyway, you know, it, so what you got to kind of think about those perspectives from the characters. Give them more than a two-dimensional yeah. perspective, and this kind and, of the story sets itself. And you're right; that is more than just an isekai issue. That's an issue with all, all anime in general. Um, it can, you know, it doesn't necessarily apply to just isekais. But I will say the one thing that I I, I do like about isekais um, that is unique to isekais, and when it's used and when it's done well, it helps me appreciate isekais. Is whenever people actually use their previous world experiences from their previous life or from their previous setting yeah. to their advantage somehow. Like, even if it's just in comedy, uh, like I was watching Slime the other day and half the episode was about him reconnecting with someone else who was transported and they talk about the manga that they used to read. And he actually like recreates the manga in physical form based yeah. off his memories. And like, I, like, you almost forget that they did come from a different world. And I like when they kind of sp like sprinkle that in there throughout the, the story. Well, it's kind of sad because there's a lot of stories out there. In particular, there's one that I can think of where, um, let's say, I'm trying to say it without giving too much away, but basically, character finds a way to go back and forth between a world, but he goes to this world, and he really doesn't gain any powers or anything. He just knows 
and he's not even that smart. He just knows about modern day stuff. So he comes across like this village that's really struggling with like a drought and everything. And he's like, well, let's fix up your irrigation and let's get some fertilizer and stuff. And it's like, realistically, that's stuff you and I could do. Like if, right, we, yeah. like if there's a, if you have a way to walk back and forth to the other world, you could just go to the store, grab some fertilizer and be like, here you go. Um, I don't think that story will ever get a full on anime because I think people worry that it might not connect with audiences, which is a shame. Which is a shame, because I think it's a pretty interesting story. But, you know, the point stands. It's it's not an action-based thing. And later on in the story, that becomes a point where, like, soldiers come to the village, and they're like, well, where'd y'all get all this stuff? And it's like, oh, uh, this guy, uh, this god guy gave it he's to us. He's a wizard. Yeah, he's, he's a, a wizard. wizard right? And, like, obviously, he doesn't have any way to, like, deal with soldiers. He's just a normal dude. And, in fact, he doesn't really want to deal with soldiers. So it's like a kind of a scary impact thing. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the the key thing with Isekai is definitely the main character has to have some depth. The world has to be somewhat interesting, which is a challenge because usually when they build a world, they have like a preset template. They either have D&D or they have like an RPG or they have like a first person shooter. They have something preset in mind when they do Isekai. So that's always kind of a tricky one for me is less about the world and more about the interpretation of it. Hmm. And then I guess the only other thing is that because isekais are so popular, um, to me, the important factor now is can we put a good twist on the story to make it more palatable than just, like, guy gets sent to another world and saves it, like, you know. Yeah, like, what, how, how can you turn on its head? Kind of like what yeah. we covered with, like, Overlord doing a little bit different. Kind of what No Game, No Game, No Life was trying to do. Uh, little things like that that, you know, it's still an isekai, but it's different. We, we look at it from a different aspect. We add an extra challenge. Not just, oh, the character is the same, but we make him, we make him more challenged. It's just, like, how can, you, how can you look at it in a different way? Interpret right. Isekais differently. Well, in, in the current situation where the market is so heavily saturated, that's the one thing I would like to see done differently is kind of what No Game No Life tried to do and then failed horrifically at doing. Is like, because No Game No Life, that world was, compared to a lot of the other isekai, a totally different world. Like, I oh, had yeah, never... absolutely unique. I had never seen anything like that. I had never seen any premise like that. And that was what made it fascinating and drew me in. And then it turned into like harem, not a not a bullshit, which was disappointing. Yeah, that's another story, and and people still liked it because of that. But I think it fell apart once it didn't have that aspect anymore. Um, so I do want to see if there's one that, in part of Isekai that I would like to see. I would like to see writers actually create their own worlds, not create not like a fantasy. Yeah, not create a fantasy world where these guys with guns show up and fix everything. Not create, like, an R RPG world where, like, the kid is like, oh, I know how to solve all these problems. And not create, like, some silly sci-fi world or something. It's Create something that is totally your own um, that we haven't seen before. I mean, take a risk. But uh, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. It's hard because you know that what's profitable is, is going to benefit you more than... You know something that you think is creative that may not be as profitable, right? Um, so it, it yeah, it happens. Um, but yeah, that that those are the ones that usually I gravitate to. The ones that have some kind of twist that are a little different. Um, I find that I've liked, 
I know this; these aren't isekais, um, but they kind of have an aspect to them that's sort of isekai, and that's I do like time travel based ones. Again, those aren't those aren't isekais because they're not in a new world; they're still in the same world. They just are in a different time per se. Um, but I do like the aspect of being able to take your experiences and change something. So, like the big thing about one of my favorite ones is Mishuka Tensei. Is like there was a struggle about the uh, the main character where his previous life he was this huge pervert and he's trying to kind of grow past that and again that that's experiences from his previous world and I like to see that be involved more so well yeah I think the carryover is important well and I think what Mashuko Tensei does that I think a lot of people also miss is that there's a lot of character growth Right. And usually that does not happen in these. You do not have that happen because they usually start out strong. They usually start out, this is your mission, and just go from there. And that's fine. That's all fine, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, I do think it allows for more growth when you start out having issues that have been brought from, like I said, your previous life. Yeah, I think for him, like, he was a smart guy. The other problem that stood out to me more was less the pervert thing and more the, like, Early on, he couldn't leave the house because he was like, yeah, you, you he, find he that he has the his, trauma. He yeah. has the trauma of being bullied and has the trauma of being kind of, uh, you know, a, I guess abandoned in a way. But, yeah, you know, that made for a deeper MC, I will say that. So, yeah, I think I think those are good aspects. Uh, but uh, I think that's pretty much all we got on Isekai. Do you have anything else you want to add before uh, we move on? No, I mean, Isekais are... An interesting thing I do. I do like to see where we can go. Like you said, like what can you add to it and make it new to me? Because I was never on the train of Isekais and nothing's making me get on the train at the moment. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm sure there's plenty of stuff out there. There's always more fun stories and unique ideas. I just my main concern is I don't want this to be the only market in anime because the why I got into anime is that it's such a good representation of different ideas and thoughts that are not normal that you don't see in Western culture, and now it's just become ninety percent isekai. Well, I do. And I, that's I, a bummer. I do, I do think that uh, the audience is kind of over isekais. Not in this. I mean, it's not going to go away, but I think that people are kind of not on the high that it used to be. So, um, like we said, something's going to have to change if it's going to still make big bucks, but. But yeah, so Isekai, that, that was our interpretation and understanding of Isekai. Yeah. It was uh, it was fun getting to read about some of the new ones, and there are some new anime, not new to me at least, that I'm going to look into because they sound good premise-wise. Yeah, but if you've got any comments or you think that we have bad takes on Isekai, shoot us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, but now we're going on to our manga discussion from last week and oddly enough it, it was, was an isekai I was surprised because I don't think you told me or I totally forgot because as soon as I started reading it I was like the hell is this this guy is just like a, a ruler slash pre uh, president and then literally like the third second chapter isekai I'm like oh this is an isekai okay yeah that was I think they try to cram a whole lot into the first chapter of this fucking story yeah so I, I will say so this, the manga is called Ride on King, and I will say they sell a lot of it based purely off the premise that it is clearly uh, Putin riding, like, a tiger on the cover. Yeah, the main character is literally Vladimir Putin. Like, um, he, 
there's no question about where the inspiration came from. And they're even he's even like a world a world leader, not world leader. I guess he's a world leader. I love, um, I love even the translators online. They just have after all of the chapters. Yeah, they have a picture. They have of a picture of shirtless Putin riding yeah. a bear. <laughs> like, damn, dude. No, yeah, it it, it basically him. And um, it's funny because, like you said, the first chapter kind of it, it went so it went by so quickly because it introduced you to this man. Uh, I forgot what his name was actually. Alexander was it? Alan? Something like uh, Alec. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, the we'll, we'll just call him Putin. Um, uh, Putin is this world leader, and he has he's a, actually a pretty great world leader. Um, not that Putin isn't. Don't come after us. Um, but he's like you know well respected. Ah, his name is Alexander Perchinov. Perchinov. Okay, so I got it right, Alexander. Um, but he's actually a world leader. He's actually a well respected world leader. And literally, you find out that he has this fascination to ride things, uh, mainly animals. And when we mean ride, it's just kind of like riding a horse. Like he wants to ride. Apparently, he rode an ostrich at one point. Yeah, they. I, I, maybe there's a lost in translation thing because I don't fully understand it. But there seems to be this implication that he's not just riding animals. I think it's like a taming thing. Too, he, right? he like he doesn't just ride animals. He also rides like. Uh, jets, he rides rockets, he rides... They even say in the manga that he's riding the country that he rules. And I'm like... So there's like... Maybe there's like a translation thing where it's like that means something, something more. Else, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think, think I think it definitely has to do with like a taming thing because he's a, he's a world leader. He Once he can ride it, that knows that he's mastered it. And uh, that's kind of how he's done it. Like, because they were talking about he did, he did ride ride again ride jets and you know he kind of moved on from that um and but yeah it was it was an interesting way to start it, it was really funny you know i think there's a lot of comedicness co- comedy to it um and that was just the beginning of the first chapter before i even knew it was an isekai but he essentially there's an assassination attempt on him and i guess he i, I don't i don't know if i've finished it to the point where i know whether his body is alive or dead in the real world but during the assassination attempt, he something falls on him, and he ends up being teleported to another world. Yeah. No, I, I don't think his body is there. I think that was actually what his like, assistant says, I think, in the third chapter. is like, we couldn't find the body. And I was like, oh, it's because he's in another world. Okay. But yeah. Physically. Yeah. But then he, he runs into all these other things where he's like, you know, he's got chaotic teammates, and then they run into... Well, not centaurs. Were they centaurs? Yeah, they're centaurs. Yeah. Okay. And like and the he's third like, chapter, he runs into centaurs. He's, he's like, like, I need to ride. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to ride them. Yeah, like, so it's really funny. The entire time, it, it, it doesn't lay off the comedy because as soon as he goes into this isekai world of his, um, the people that he finds, like you said, are pretty outlandish. Um, and the immediate first thing he sees is this like dragon wyvern kind of thing. And he's like, wow, this thing looks amazing. And he tries to ride it. Like, it's not like him just like becoming an, a main character he's still the same old guy who wants to write stuff and that's kind of what drives him at the moment yeah uh, i think that's part of what makes it like such an interesting story is that they're just they never deviate from his character now his character is absolutely ridiculous don't get me wrong but they the character they keep his character very straightforward and very honest with himself 
And I think that's part of what makes him such a it's such a fun story, you know? Yeah, definitely, because he, he doesn't change, like you said, from this crazy not crazy, I mean he's pretty He's actually not a bad leader. No, he's not. That's what we find in the first chapter that he's a respected and well thought out leader. He just has these weird quirks, which is you know the whole well, writing thing. And I don't even know if you make it that far, but I think like just after chapter ten, he like actually negotiates like the captive release and like does a pretty good job of it up until the point where they're just like, "Well, we're just stronger than you, so we're gonna kill you." And he's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> but anyway. yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he does have his his like little quirks, like I said, that make him you like unique in a way, um, because he he gains to this world and the world is different because it's again an RPG like world where there's fantasy and there's magic, and he apparently all of a sudden knows how to use magic because he based off his previous experience he was like a karate master who yeah. mastered chi channeled yeah. chi or whatever yeah channel was able to channel chi chi. And that kind of related to channeling magic. So, um, yeah, it was more, way more interesting and uh, funny than I thought it was going to be. Now, I will say that if you're asking me, because I read this a while ago and I thought it would be a funny pick just for the hell of it. If you're asking me, like, do I remember much about this? No. I mean, it's very much about the gimmick. And the gimmick only carries it so far. I will say... They did a very good job of keep making an interesting story that carries after you've kind of forgotten the whole gimmick. Because after a while, like, I didn't even see Putin anymore. I was like, oh, man, this guy's... This is Alexander. Yeah, Alexander's a pretty solid dude. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think it it is a fun story. I don't know if it's going to be like, oh, definitely read it or anything. But I think it's like a neat little... It's a nice little sidetrack. Yeah, again, it's one of those comedic, like, is it guys that... um, Obviously, still teleported to a different world, but it's really just harps on the comedy and the funny moments and situations that are put in by the fact that this guy is different and like weird again because he wants to write things again, like the centaurs. And it's funny because I remember one of the chapters at the end. It's like we will the centaur. It's like a side by side panel, and the centaurs are like, "We will never allow anyone to write us." And then on the other side, it's. Uh, Alexander saying, I need to write this. I can't wait to write this. It's funny. Um, And honestly, this is kind of like a cool, like, one shot. No, it's not a one shot, obviously, but like, it's a cool, like, one small story that I think would be funny to keep up with. But I just, I I don't know how long we can go and kind of keep up the. Yeah, they seem to have gone to a monthly because they're still putting them out and i think they've got about 40 chapters and uh i mean they're they're still pretty entertaining i enjoy checking in on them but yeah i mean it's not much beyond this is a very high comedy concept kind of thing so yeah it's it's good though cool no it was a neat suggestion i did enjoy reading it um honestly it would be cool if they made it into just like a short kind of like anime where it's just yeah, like, if they had like a one season of just yeah like, one season it's just hilarious like would love to watch it, it would be i think putin might have something to say about yeah it. at that point when he gets worldwide acc- not acclaimed but just viewership i think they would have something to say about it for sure they would be off the internet immediately <laughs> but, but yeah we'll, but we'll see i i do like it so going into our mentions for next week uh, we are actually doing a manga-centered uh, podcast, and we will try to make it next week. I don't know. You know yeah, next time. You know, it, it, we will shoot for next week or a week and a half from now. But yeah, I mean, 
we're going to focus on actual manga this time because uh, I know we do a triangle. We're the triangle on anime and manga review, and we usually focus on anime because it's easier to absorb and it's easier for everyone to be able to watch. Uh, but I think we're gonna really just try to do one on manga, and you, also, you decided to pick some, right? Also, this season sucks. No, anyway, we'll get into that. It does not suck. This season sucks. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, I think uh, no, yeah, I did. I picked out a few. We're going with the romance theme, you know, because what is the more romantic time than uh, early September? <laughs> when you're sweating your balls. Yeah, off. When you're sweating your balls off. Um, so yeah, what did you pick for us, Logan? You picked five, right? We're going to try to do yeah. five? So we've got five manga, and we're not going to read a whole lot. We're probably going to read three or four chapters out of each. But uh, the five anime manga, or manga, romance manga I picked out. Gosh. Um, Tiwagak, or The World God Only Knows, which is... Yeah. Can people actually pronounce that way? Yeah, it ran for 200 and something chapters. Oh. Um, so this one is a interesting one about the main character is basically a guy who plays nothing but dating sims. You familiar with dating sims? Yeah. Okay. So at least you know the concept. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently devils in the other underworld, uh, have to capture evil demons because apparently the good demons are not evil. Um, who have escaped and latched themselves on to the hearts of girls out there. Um, so, so the main character has to essentially sim date these girls to uh, release the demons from their hearts and free them from that. Now, the good news is it is not a harem anime, despite despite how it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was because because they lose their memory once oh, the right. demon leaves. So it's a harem hentai. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like they'll kiss. They kiss, and that's it. So yeah. So cool. yeah. But basically, so once he beats the date, it's like a. Next up, and I'm not sure how to describe this one. Namai Kizakari. Um. So this one's a basketball romance. So this girl joined uh the basketball club as the manager to go after like essentially their captain, even though their captain's in love with another person. And she gets hit on by this guy who is essentially like the talented guy who is kind of, you know, knows he's better than everybody else. Sick, yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of an asshole. But, uh, and it's kind of about that love triangle, but it quickly just turns into her relationship with the asshole guy. Oh, um, interesting. So it's kind of interesting. I, I liked it. And I think that one, I don't know. I stopped reading it around chapter 60, but... I think this one's got quite a few chapters. Cool. Uh, next up is SA, or Special A, which is a manga about a girl who is consistently second place behind a guy who is just superior to her in everything, like scholastics and everything else. Da, 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 da. He's just so good. But clearly that guy is in love with her and she is oblivious. But she's constantly trying to beat him at ah. some so anyway, this was a pretty short one. It only ran 80 chapters, but it was pretty popular while it was out. Yeah, I'm like short and sweet, though. Yeah. Oh, 80 chapters, yeah. Short and sweet. That is 80 chapters. I don't know. I mean, that is short. Anyway. Okay, yeah, you can read One Piece for, you know, a thousand fifty damn chapters. Well, let, let me get to the last one, and I'll tell you what short is. But anyway, uh, the other one is Caracano, which is very similar to Special A, but it's one of the original romance 
Like this came out pre nineties and uh, so, the, so the eight. I don't know exactly. It might have come out in the seventies, but it came out pre nineties. Oh, before okay. I thought you meant like right before the nineties, like so the eight. No, I don't. I don't know when it came out. Okay, I, gotcha. It was still coming out in the nineties, but I think it came out pre then. So I don't damn, know. how long has it been going on? It's it's done. Right. They finished around two hundred chapters, I think. Okay. Um, but Caracano, the story starts essentially with very similar to Special Aid. This girl is inferior to this guy in every way, but is trying really hard to beat him. The difference being that the guy doesn't have any interest in her. But at one point, he catch, he is like delivering homework to her at home because she was sick that day. And Leah realizes that she's like a complete and total bum. Like that she puts everything she does at school with all her hard work and everything is just for show. And so he's kind of holding that over her. And then, you know, chaos ensues. So that one's pretty interesting. interesting. The last one. Uh, that's the short one. Oh, it's an isekai, sweet. Yeah, I'm a villainous daughter, so I'm going to keep the last boss. Can you tell what it's about? Um, that's another thing I will say, sorry, uh, to go back on the isekai thing. A lot of the isekais always have these outlandish, like, super long titles that tell you the basis of the entire isekai that you're about to watch. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious. And this is obviously being one. So... This one is only 15 chapters long. Sweet. And I, and I think, really, it's only, two of those are like gag chapters, so I think it's only like 13 chapters So long. I'm only going to read three. This is an Isakai. It's actually pretty awesome, but um, yeah. it's basically kind of like the villainous story before. This girl is getting... Um, this girl was engaged to the prince of this country, but then she gets dumped by him and essentially their engagement party... And that's when her memories come back to her that, like, oh, this is all just a dating sim. But at the same time, she realizes, oh, my character dies at the end of every single scenario in this dating sim. So it's just like the villains. Uh, no, not quite, but it, it's fine. Doesn't she die at the end of every scenario, too? Well, she gets exiled in some Oh, sorry. So. She, she just has a crappy life. This one literally gets killed in every single one. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... Sounds great, Logan. So she decides to try and correct this by dating the uh, final boss of the uh, series, I guess. Oh, sweet. Anyway, so yeah, sweet. I actually thought that one was pretty fun. No, I we'll mean, see. I do. I mean, I'm sometimes I'm surprised by what you choose, and um, you kind of know what I like and what I don't. So we'll see. Um, so this will be a, a different uh, podcast episode. I, like we said, focusing on just those mangas. So if you guys want to read them, um, you know, go back. Write them down and read them with us, and we can talk about it next time. Um, it'll be it'll be fun because we're gonna focus, like I said, on just mangas and maybe talk a little bit about the differences in mangas and anime uh, because it, obviously it's a different media medium um, and absorbed differently, and it's a little harder for some people to get a hold of. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely don't stream it illegally. Wink. All right. Anyway, I mean, so I, I pay for anime. I wouldn't pay for manga. Nah. I, you should pay for both. So. I should. Yeah, you should. I wouldn't. I'm trash. So support the official... Beliefs. I have bought actual manga volumes. I just... When yeah. I try to discover them, I don't I don't feel like... I, I guess my thing is, like, if I read it and, like, I really am in love with it, then I'll go back and buy the manga volumes. Yeah. I haven't done that for all of them, but usually if I read something to, like, 200 chapters, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll buy a few of these. But you guys, our listeners, you should buy it every time. 
Yeah, don't, don't be like us. Don't be like us. We're scum. Don't be cheap just because they're $2 per volume. God forbid. I don't know. They're probably more expensive than that now. Yeah, now it is probably so. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, that's uh, enough of towing the illegal line for us today. So <laughs> y'all, y'all have a good rest of your night. If you got any questions about it, shoot us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com. Till next time. Thanks, you guys. Good night, everybody. Go Gophers.